When Bob DiCarlo showed up at Faba Dairy in 2006, he was a suburban guy with no farm background. Though he wanted to learn about dairy farming, farm owner John Knopf paid little attention to him. Now, 14 years later, Bob's a partner in the business, and he's poised to become the farm's next owner, proving that you don't need to come from a farm to be successful in the business. Welcome to the Young Farmer Podcast. I'm Chris Torres, your host. In today's episode, we talked to Bob and John about their farm's transition plan and how their partnership has evolved over the years. They'll offer some advice to farm owners who are planning to transition their operation, including those who are transitioning the farm to a non-family member. I hope you enjoy it, so sit back, relax, enjoy the conversation, and thanks for listening to today's Young Farmer Podcast. Okay, so Bob DiCarlo and John, am I pronouncing this right? Nope. That's correct. All right. Gentlemen, thanks for being on the podcast. So can can one of you please um, just tell me a little bit about the, the background of, of Faba Dairy? Uh, well, uh, this is where I grew up. I'm the third generation here. My uh, family came here uh, during the Depression, 1931, I believe, um, as tenants. They closed a business in Buffalo, and my grandfather basically came out here to support his family and figure out how to be a farmer. Um, My father established a dairy in 1960, I believe, and that's when I was born. And uh, I came home from school, and I've been here ever since. And 20-so years ago or so, we basically built a new dairy on and around the old dairy, and uh, I started to employ people. And uh, Bob came along um, 2006, maybe. Yeah, full-time and part-time before that. And Bob was a suburban kid that lived up the road 10, 12 miles and drove in the driveway one day and said he thought he was interested in dairy cows. I didn't pay much attention to him, but um, he just never left. (laughs) And so I tried to teach him a couple things along the way, and he learned a lot more on his own. Good character can take you a long ways, and Bob's an example of that. We made him a partner in about 2011, I'm guessing, and uh, today he's pretty much the engine that drives things. John, when you actually came back to the farm, um, so I'm assuming you went you went to college then? What what college did you go to? I, I spent a couple years at Michigan State, and uh, I, essentially I'm a college dropout. Uh, <laughs> son and I wanted to be a farmer and uh, I, I went through I went through two years there and uh, then I came home in 1981 1980 um, to farm with my father and it was basically just the two of us at that time and so tell me about your role and how that increased over the years well I think my I think I think my family is still kind of uh, embraces a lot of that depression era conservatism you know i mean i heard all the stories from my grandfather and my father was that way a little bit and uh so my dad was a good farmer um but you know never never cut a wide swath economically i suppose because he never really grew his business any you know he just tried to make it better with what he had we milked 50 cows for almost 40 years um until i modernized i guess you'd call it but uh um one thing he was good at though and and another thing too is because my grandparents didn't own the farm for many years when they first came here they basically came with nothing you know the, the 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 process of acquiring ownership took them 
a good share of their life. And, you know, that kind of backed things up for my father's generation. And so I was kind of conscious of, well, I, you know, that's not the best way to do it. But, Mm -hmm. but, but anyways, uh, eventually my father started retiring winters and then he was retired full time, uh, but would help out, you know, and, uh, you know, I was about 40 years old and sort of a slow learner and it, kind of dawned on me that jeepers i can't replace his labor and still pay him something and get all this work done myself so so i started looking around at some of my more progressive neighbors and tried to learn from them as opposed to be intimidated by that and uh eventually we put together a plan and and got busy changing things best thing i ever did uh, i was a little old starting i was 42 mm-hmm. but um um you know, I, I, I have no regrets at all. Everything has worked splendidly, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, we, 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 we never were, uh, we've never been on the cutting edge of being aggressive, I guess. But, um, uh, and that's kind of been bred in me, I guess. How did you modernize the operation? I mean, you coming on, how did you modernize the operation? Well, we had a nice place, but it was 40 years old, every, every facility on it. And we basically just walked away from them and started building new you know, we, we, we scaled the dairy up about tenfold. We still don't own an awful lot of real estate, but we, you know, obviously rented more land and have bought some. And, and uh, um, we're, we're, in a, we're in an area that's quite, a, quite attractive for people to live in. And so there's a fair amount of competition for real estate, either for agriculture or development. So we're kind of maxed out on our resources right now. We run the dairy on 1.2 acres per cow. Okay. And... Uh, um, so, um, we try to be competitive in other ways. What are your herd numbers? 580 cows and about 400 heifers. A suburban guy who came onto the farm and, and wanted to learn how to be a farmer. Tell me about your story, Bob. Uh, I grew up without any farm background. No, no one in my family did anything with farming. Through a school friend whose family did some farming and just had a lot more of, uh, that type of outdoor involvement in their family. I started working on some farms when I was in school. Uh, continued to do it and decided that's what I really wanted to do. So uh, I went to SUNY Coble School for two years and transferred to Cornell for the last two years and just tried to work on different farms, really as many as I could to learn more, uh, try different things. During that time is when I got to know John when they were first uh, first modernizing the dairy. Continued to keep in touch with them through college, worked a little bit part-time. He always encouraged me to to work on different size dairies and learn as much as I could. So I, I just, I guess they say, say it can get in your blood and you, you can't get away from it. I just found I really liked it and wanted to stick with it. And then did you end up, did you end up actually working in other dairies while you were, while you were working for, for John as well? Well, I was in college. I worked on several different farms part-time. What did you take from those experiences? I think it's real, it's really important for people to do that, whether they're, whether they have a home farm they may go to, or if they have, if they if they're like me and don't have a home farm to go to, you just see that there's a lot of diff- different ways to do things. Not, you know, there's not always one right way. There's different situations on every farm, and it also really helps you build a network of people too that you can learn from in the future. Did you have any other opportunities to go to any other farms? Uh, yes, I did. So why'd you come back full time with John? I really could see if he had a good vision of the future here. 
it was that was a you know a tough time. They went from fifty cows to about two hundred or so at first. There was there was a lot of building up of everything that had to be done. Really, um, it, was, it was kind of an exciting challenge, and you could see see what the uh, see what you're what you were working towards instead of going somewhere that was um, large and already really established. I felt I could really have a part in helping build up the, the dairy. What was your job when you actually came on full time? Uh, a little, I mean, a little of everything. I milked cows a lot, uh, herd work, not a lot of field work, some, mainly a little bit of everything. And then you became a partner in 2011. Yes. Tell me about that. Tell me about how that transpired. I think we never had any formal agreement about that from the beginning, but I think it, it was something that we both knew we may, might want to work towards. So I had started to buy cattle while I was in college and took out a loan after college to continue to buy cattle, whether that meant that I kept them here or somewhere else. It was uh, figured it was a way to have options. Okay. So, you know, after you became partner in 2011, then then how did the, tell me a little bit about the evolution of the relationship and, uh, you know, to, to you eventually becoming the, the dairy manager. Um, you know, either one of you can, can, can say something about that if you'd like. I had a lot of a lot of learning to do from from the time I I mean I still have a lot of learning to do but there's a lot to a lot to learn about different areas of responsibility particularly the biggest challenge is probably learning to work with people more that's all I mean that's always something to work on but that was a, a real challenge at first so are, are you the I mean when when you became the partner so it sounds like were you the supervisor of the milking crew or or what was your what was your role I mean who who did you supervise No not not at first we both kind of split that up I think one of the biggest challenges all all along up until maybe the, maybe the last couple of years really is um how John and I work together or communicated mm-hmm. I'm not very good at communicating he's, he's better than he thinks <laughs> Just the, the just the roles of each of us. John can comment on it too, but I think we work together right now better than we probably have in the past, or at the best at this point that that we have. Did you guys officially like said to yourself, "Listen, we have to work a little bit better here," or "This is what I can do to work a little bit better"? I mean, how how, how did that relationship evolve, or is it just you know one of those things where you just got used to each other and you know you just uh, your relationship I'm just grew. Part. I might let John answer a little because I imagine it may have been more difficult for him than me because he was he was giving away some control of things that he had looked after in the past. Sure. My, I learned how to get out of his way. <laughs> you know, I, I gave up things I used to do, which I, I don't regret doing that. I, I, I'd done them long enough. Um, and uh, I, I always tried to give Bob a lot of responsibility because my father gave me responsibility and I learned how to think and make decisions and sometimes I did some really stupid things but you 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 learn that over time by making mistakes and uh you know Bob Bob uh does all the hiring now mm-hmm. and um he, he he works at things that no longer you know get me excited about get up getting up in the morning um you know he handles a lot of stuff like that and he's gotten better at it mm-hmm. and uh I put him in places that he wasn't prepared to succeed at first, but he, he got he got through it. 
the hardest thing on my end of it is you realize that, you know, we're all just here for a certain amount of time. I can look at any pole on the farm and remember the day we put it in the ground and all that. But I can also look at it and realize it's going to be there after I'm gone. So how, how important am I really? So, uh, you know, this was a family farm with, with a lot of, you know, all those emotional ties that you get when you think about your family and you know, it's just not going to be that way going forward. It's it's going to be Bob's family's farm or Bob and his partners or whatever, you know. And even though he was new on the ownership side and, and limited in what he had and invested, you know, I, I kind of had to go pursue other areas of interest on the farm that he didn't have time to get to so that people recognized him as, as being in charge. And uh, he's always been good at taking care of things when they come up and and that's what's unique about him you know there's a lot of young people that have been through here through the years that we thought had potential and you know we're always happy when they do well whether they do well here or go somewhere else or another career or whatever but unfortunately a lot of people nowadays get tangled up in family issues or financial issues or you know poor decision making they don't have a good focus on what they want to accomplish and and Bobby always had a good focus. He he wanted to own part of a dairy farm. And uh, I think when he started out, he owned one half of 1% or something like that. But it was a start. Mm-hmm. And um, um, he's, he's made good choices. And he's gained in responsibility and, um, and respect. Now, John, do you have children? I do. And from what I understand, they're not involved in the farm, the farm operation? Uh, no, my son is a is an English major, PhD, um, trying to make a living as a college professor, which is kind of a tough field right now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> my, my daughter is sort of the farmer in the family, but it, she limits that to working in the office here and keeping a garden, and she's a nurse by education, although she doesn't work as a nurse, so <laughs> she... She, 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 she likes the farm. She helps out on the farm. And, and, you know, I think they'll be the landowners going forward in some fashion mm-hmm. and, and probably always have some uh, peripheral involvement in the business, but not as, you know, not, not involved with Bob. You, you said that you said that you had to learn how to get out, get out of his way and, and let him make his own decisions and all that sort of thing. The fact that, that Bob is not your, the fact that he's not your, your, your son, did that make that a little bit more? And, you know, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a family member, per, you know, a, a biological family member. Did that make that more difficult for you to, you know, to sort of, you know, step away and let him make decisions because, you know, this has been in your family for so long? Well, it didn't make me afraid to bark at him about stuff. I know that. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I could argue it both ways. Um, I, I don't know that I can answer that because I've never had children directly involved in the farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember what it was like for me being the child on the farm. Mm-hmm. You know, my father was hard on me at times, but I also learned an awful lot because he'd let me stub my toe once in a while. And I suppose in some way I'm doing the same thing with Bob. I, I'm not, I'm not shy to weigh in on things, but I do it to Bob. Not, I don't run around trying to correct his team's mistakes or anything like that. I probably bother him with that more than that. You know, he's got to be viewed as the man in charge. I take care of the cropping for him and the manure applications and some of the office stuff and fix things. But I, you know, I, 
uh, I, I'll feed cows at times, but I don't, uh, I, I try to let him, he's very, the, the results of the dairy are very consistent. So whether I agree with everything they do or how they do it or not, I try to remember, look at the results, occasionally learn how to keep your mouth shut. That's hard for me, but occasionally I do that. Tell me a little bit more, if you can, you know, as much as you can about how your partnership is set up. What you just said is not an accident. I mean, it was important to me right from the very beginning to have somebody. You know, I was incredibly lucky that Bob happened to drive in and worked out, you know. So this isn't me trying to be charitable. I mean, this is me recognizing that it's important. You know, we got a lot of money invested here and somebody has to operate it to, to monetize that investment. So he expressed an interest in working into ownership one time, or well, you know, at, at some point, and, and I was willing to consider that. And after a few years, he seemed to be the kind of person that would take responsibility. So as he mentioned, he had, he, he did have a few heifers, but I mean, ultimately Bob didn't have much when he came in, we set him up, with, we, we use capital accounts, so we, we, we separated the land from the operating entity, first thing we did. Mm-hmm. My wife and I own the real estate. Bob and I own the operating entity. And, you know, he started out with a fraction of an ownership share, but we split the profits with him in excess of what his ownership was. Mm-hmm. So he got, he got a guaranteed payment for his labor contribution, and then he got a profit share on the profits every year. And over time, we raised that profit share so that now, although he's technically only like a 10%, 12% owner, you know, on a, on, a, on a market value balance sheet, which is probably overstated anyways, but he, he's not a 50% owner, but he's a 50% profit share. So he's, he's using equity that is, is essentially provided to him to to earn a return. So I think it's a good deal for him. I know it's a good deal for me. And, and he's, he's built up a a fairly significant worth here. I've been able to take money out of the business and put it somewhere else. And, you know, at some point in time in the future, um, he'll get a deal that will make it easy for him to continue on here. If everything works right. I'm never going to be looking for full value in some type of a buyout situation because that that would make it difficult for him to be successful and and my goal is for him to have an opportunity to be successful how long did it take you um bob to have that comfort level um to have the comfort level you know not coming from a farm background but be comfortable enough to to um you know to i guess maybe not overtly say to John that you wanted to really become a partner in this, but you know, I mean, how, how, how long does it take to actually be comfortable to, 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 uh, you know, essentially become a manager of a dairy? I would say, I mean, I, I can't give you a perfect answer to that. It, it took, a, it took a while, but I think the biggest thing is, is you're, you're not, you're never maybe totally comfortable, but you have to be not afraid to try to make a decision sometimes that, and that was a diff, that was difficult for me at first to just be just to just to make a decision whether you were right or wrong i mean i would say it took a few years to to get to that point but it's important to recognize that and because it's, there's no matter how long you've been doing it there's going to be times that you're not totally comfortable with something and you just have to decide to get it done now did you gentlemen actually bring somebody in from the outside um you know in in setting up in setting up the partnership 
Yes, we used uh, our, uh, we have a consultant through Farm Credit. And, you know, what was the importance of actually bringing somebody in from the outside and actually, you know, getting that advice from them? You know, somebody from the outside, whoever it may be, sees a lot of different types of businesses, not just dairy, other ag businesses. They've seen a lot of different types of agreements. They've seen things that have worked well. They've seen things that have fallen apart. So they they can help ask the right questions. So did, did you, did, did either one of you have, you know, before you met that consultant, did either one of you have sort of an idea of, of how you, you wanted to, to set up a partnership and, you know, um, you know, actually having somebody from the outside looking at it and, 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 you know, advising you on something else, you know, did that change your mind in a way in terms of, you know, what you eventually decided to do? I mean, I, I didn't really have any idea because I had never been involved in anything like that. John obviously had, so he may have had a better idea of what he wanted to made it look like no i don't think so i think the getting outside uh expertise i mean we used an attorney we used a lot of people but ha- having a third part or a neutral party is good to get everybody's viewpoint out on the table sort of gives i've heard people use the, the term gives everybody a safe space to communicate i think that's true and from a from an organization or structure how, you, how are you going to structure a deal? I mean, they bring some <clears throat> expertise in that area that, that is helpful. This isn't something we could have sat at, at the kitchen table and, and figured out and had everybody be happy with it because everybody has to understand what the levers are that kind of lead to asset transfer and, and how that's going to work over time. And, and, and our consultants helped us with that. So what are your future plans, Bob? I mean, what, what does it look like? I mean, as, as time goes on, I mean, what, 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 what's your future vision of the dairy? That's a tough question that I often think about myself. Um, I'm not, uh, given our, our, our site here, I mean, we can't milk a ton of cows where we're at. I'm not necessarily uh, interested in doing that. Um, I'd like to, uh, like to just work it work towards making the dairy run as efficiently as possible, whether that's uh, strategically buying land in the right locations if possible mm-hmm. um, to add efficiency to the cropping. Also, really just to continue working to build the best team of people possible. John, do you have any thoughts on, on you know, what, what, your, what your future looks like on the dairy and, uh, you know, how, how you think you can, you know, I, I guess influence, you know, um, how this dairy will look like? My wife says I have to walk two miles a day if I want to have a future, so I'm working on that. <laughs> I hope to keep going for as long as I can, but but maybe not every single, you know, you kind of, you, you, about the time you hit 50, I just turned 60, and when you get to be 55, you kind of realize this is a young man's game, and, uh, I can still bring it when I have to, but every single day is getting a little tougher. So uh, I, I, I don't quite get as much work done as I used to, but I, I don't really want to do anything else. So I hope to be a contributor here for as long as I can. And um, I hope to be able to leave the business and not be a, an annuity around his neck. So I've tried to get myself in good shape financially outside the farm. And um, Bob will determine what the future looks like. Uh, one of my goals of not making him buy all the real estate is because it'll free up capital for him to do something other things um we have a good agriculture area here he doesn't necessarily have to own a lot of land but he but he has to have access to some and and a good relationship with his neighbors and um so i i I think you know he's got a good earnings engine here now uh we've figured out how to stay competitive even though we're not really an ideal size and 
and and hopefully we'll still we'll still be able to figure out how to do that going forward. John, I, I heard you I heard you talk during um, during a webinar uh, that was put on by um, I forgot the organization that put it on, but I, I, you you um, participated in a webinar about two months ago. No, maybe not that long ago, maybe about a month ago, and that's where I first virtually saw you talk and. Um, you know, um, so, so this question, they had asked you this question during that webinar and I'm going to ask you now, um, you know, how, how did, how did COVID-19 and Bob, if you want to interject and say something, go right ahead, but how did, how did this whole situation with this pandemic affect your, affect your business this spring? Well, I'll be careful how I answer that because we've been a lot more fortunate than some in the dairy industry. We're, we're having a tremendous year. We have a good milk market or at least a milk market that was well positioned to move product in the environment that we are in. So we've had no restrictions on production or base rollbacks or anything like that. We're not crazy aggressive, so we're not leveraged up to our eyeballs. We had some hedges in place on our milk price. Um, we're getting along just fine. Obviously, we're worried about keeping people healthy. We, we, have, no, we have no excess labor around here. We run lean. And um, if somebody's out for a reason, Usually that means Bob or Bob or I have another job. That's kind of the drawback of a 500 cow dairy. But but it also helps with our cost control. So we've been able to avoid that for the most part. Most people have been held. Uh, we've had no cases, but I mean, you know, we've 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 dodged that bullet so far. I don't know. I don't believe these markets right now. Uh, I think it's fool's gold a little bit. Our our, our earnings this year, but I mean. Either way, we're not under any stress. I'm, I'm a little concerned about the future because, our, our, as I said in that webinar, our, our whole marketing approach is going to have to look different. And that means our, our processing facilities are going to have to look different. And I'm not sure what that means or who's going to pay for that. But right now, we're in pretty good shape. Bob, do you want to interject and add anything about that? Uh, I don't think I have too much to add. I mean, my only, my main concern was uh, just employee related and keeping everybody healthy and how we would handle that if we did have an issue or had to quarantine several people. Uh, The transition of farms is a big issue. Um, You know, I hear it all the time that, you know, that this is, um, I hear it from, from quote unquote experts telling farmers, you know, this is, this is more of it. You have to treat this as a business transaction. You really have to treat this as a business transaction, um, you know, um, and not and keep the personal stuff out of it, you know, at least as much as you can to keep the personal stuff out of it. What sort of advice, um, you know, would you have for farmers who are either going through a transition, who are about to go through a transition? What sort of advice would you have for them in, in how to approach it and, uh, and, and some, of the, some of the ways that they can be successful in in uh, in doing a transition plan as we talked about before using a third party or as many people as you need to to get different advice uh, i guess uh, another would be not not to wait too long i see plenty of situations where people wait too long to try to do it and either discourage that whether it's a family member or side person um, they just become discouraged over time because it doesn't happen at all john how about you well I think from Bob's viewpoint, it's an economic question or an economic issue. And people his age tend to be impatient and, you know, want things to happen fast. He's not too bad that way, but some are. And, and with me being the, being the, the you know, the, given the fact that the farm was my family's operation and, you know, I can still remember my grandfather cutting down hedgerows with a 
you know, things that Bob will never understand. It's more of an emotional issue to me, but my advice is give people responsibility early on to find out what they're made out of. Don't, don't start transferring a whole lot of stuff right away that you can't unwind because not everything is going to work. And then, uh, you know, the thing that I struggled with for a while and probably still am a little bit is you got to get over the fact that you're not going to be here forever. And, you know, if you want, if you, if the farm is important to you, you gotta, you gotta be willing to let other people identify with it and carry it forward because you get to be my, you know, I've been doing this for 40 years and it's awful easy to say, you know, I'm fairly satisfied. Things are working pretty well where Bob will say, you know, I got to have a meeting with everybody because we just got to be able to do this a little better. So I need that kind of energy and input. And once in a while, he needs me to say, you know, just hold your water. Everything is fine. But uh, younger people are pushing to improve just like I was when I was younger. And older people sometimes get satisfied and sit on the knoll and look out at the view and think things are okay. So you need a little bit of both. So the synergy there is really good. But uh, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't go too fast with it. But if the pe- right people are involved, you got to keep bringing them along. Well, John and Bob, thanks a lot for joining me today. I really appreciate the conversation, and uh, and good luck to you both. And and let's hope the the PPD starts to turn around. Let's hope that the that the bottom line on on the checks start to start to get better, and uh, your dairy operation continues to be successful into the future. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks again to Bob DiCarlo and John Knopp for being my guests on today's show. For more information about Faba Dairy. You can go to www.americanagricultures.com. I wrote a lengthy article about the operation, about the two. And if you have any ideas for future episodes, I'm always willing to hear ideas. You can contact me at chris.torres at farmprogress.com. chris.torres at farmprogress.com. Always appreciate new ideas and new perspectives from you, the listener. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, and we'll see you next time.